And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? This is Andrew Morgans, your host for today's episode of Startup Hustle, founder of Marknology. Uh, today's episode is going to be about covering all things inventory when it comes with with Amazon or e-commerce or honestly just business in general, how to manage your inventory. Before we get into it, let's give a shout out to today's sponsor uh, brought to you by Payoneer. Get up to 750K in working capital instantly to grow your Amazon or Walmart stores with Payoneer. From inventory to advertising, visit HTTPS www.payoneer.com backslash funding today for all your e-commerce financing needs. There's even a special fee rebate for listeners of the Startup Puzzle. The Payoneer guys are actual friends of mine, um, you know, and we're using them to help uh, a lot of our international customers with, on Amazon transfer their funds back to U.S. dollars and can save you quite a bit of funding. Today's guest, Conrad, welcome to the show. Awesome. I told Thank him you. I wasn't going to try to butcher his name and froze. <laughs> uh, help me pronounce that one more time. It's all good. Conrad, last name is Rolletter. Rolletter doesn't seem that hard, but spelled as an English speaker, it's got me. So Conrad, welcome to the show from Clarinity. We're really excited to have you. We were talking about what we're going to get into today's episode, and I think it's just going to be fantastic for all of our listeners. Um, you've been on the show before uh, with, with Matt, so welcome back to my show, um, you know, covering all things e-commerce and Amazon. I, I want to get a little bit background and like, let's give some people some background yeah. on Clarinity before we just jump in. <laughs> Um, you know, what's your role there and let's, let's talk about sure. what you guys do. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, and, and I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet, but you know, the story everyone gets is the same one always. Um, it's my experience. I, I am one of those guys that, uh, had a lot of different things going on and how we got onto where we are today. And I really found my focus was been in entrepreneurship in various different forms, ended up working at an accounting firm. Okay. as the tech guy. And what that really meant is I did cost of goods sold and month end inventory reconciliation for 40 to 50 clients a month on spreadsheets. Okay. And, and in that experience, I got to get into the back end of 30 different cloud-based inventory management systems and get into the heads of dozens of different business owners and how they think about their products and so on and so forth. And it was through that experience that I really got to be able to say like, hold on, like, <clears throat> Accounting is always going to have its challenges, but accounting is made more complex when operations doesn't go smoothly. Right. You know, and, and just to say that, Hey, even someone who can speak software developer, even someone who can understand all of these higher, like structured data models, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make it easier accessible to anybody, but especially if your brain is busy, half of it, making executive decisions about how to keep your business moving forward. Yep. And then the other half managing people, you, you don't have a lot of bandwidth left to now also tell software developers what you're trying to think about your product, you know? So in that experience, that's what formed Clarinity. Clarinity has a big four-step process where we help people get through the fundamentals of 
finding the right cloud-based inventory, getting to test a few things before you buy it, okay? And then having a team there to support you in the implementation phase every step of the way. And then also thinking about what comes next now that you've leveled up your tech stack. So um, we we really are trying to be cradle to grave, you know, white glove service. And and I think I'd like to say we deliver on that, but we're trying harder every day. You know? No, I love so. it. And I love it. Thank you for breaking that down. And and yeah. and I, we've even ran, you know, clear, clear entity ads and I didn't really have that elevator pitch. I love that. So sure. Sure. Um, no, as someone in this space that has access, like I've always said, I've been kind of on the fast track to learning business, um, sure. you know, at a young age, simply because I've been into the minds of the 300 brands we've worked with. Like I'm directly right. talking to those owners, dealing with their Amazon accounts, understanding how it works. So what's their business model? What's their cost of goods? And, and it's right. given me a crash course through a lot of different businesses and, and getting direct access to talk to those minds is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like I, I'm like, I don't know any other people that get to just have conversations on a weekly basis with CEOs, um, regardless of how the size of the company, right. You're getting right. to talk to, to the leaders. So that's really awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, something that I'm specific to the Amazon space, but we do all e-commerce. Um, sure. and this is a huge, huge, huge challenge for, you know, the owners that we're talking to really understanding, whether it's the accounting, whether it's inventory management, and mm -hmm. they might have a handle on it. And then we scale and then it creates more problems. Yes. You know? So yes. like the inventory management um, can be a really like you're starting to track it now from China. If you're making it there, wherever you're, if you've got multiple manufacturers and just like it can be right. an absolute um, it can hold you it can hold you back. You know, like if, if I had a 10 commandments of selling on Amazon, like the first three are inventory 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 <laughs> right you know? yeah totally no so that that's awesome so is it like when you said you help them find <laughs> the right inventory um you know management software or the, or sure. the stack what does that mean exactly yeah well and i think it's important to understand the context that i'm coming from too right that that um and i think you know this just as well is that like there are teams and, and individuals out there that build this beautiful Amazon oriented business and it just, it goes, right? You, you get in the product, you get it to FBA, you let Amazon do all the work, right? Mm -hmm. There's shades and colors of that, certainly. Um, most of the times when, client, when clients come to Clarinity, it's because they're probably multi-channel, mm -hmm. meaning they're selling Amazon, probably have their Shopify site or whatever too. Maybe they're on five or six or 10 different fulfill uh, sales channels, right? <clears throat> so the moment we introduce the multi, the multi-channel strategy, inventory management is now a whole new ball game. Right. Right. And, and so we're, most of our clients are at least 50, 50. They're probably sometimes more frequently skewed towards my, my own website, whatever it is. And maybe up to 20% Amazon as a rule of thumb, you know, but, but these are also teams that have seen real success. They're over a million. Okay. And, and because of multi-channel, they might also be doing multi-fulfillment. So now if you say, I have two different warehouses to fulfill out of, I got a 3PL and my own warehouse, whatever you're doing, you know, the more complex that the real life fulfillment models are, well, the, the more we need something that's a pre-built cloud-based inventory management system that can handle some of those nuances. You know? Yeah, I, 
I love I love getting into the details. So please go as yeah. deep as you want. I'm sure. really it's less for me sure. in, in our conversation and more for anyone listening, in my opinion, because I yeah. hear these questions all day, every day, and I have less mm -hmm. expertise in regards to the software. Um, sure. You know, I was telling you before the show, we we have a 3PL with Marknology. We call it Fulfillment by Marknology, um, mm -hmm. which is a play on the acronym of FBM with Amazon. Um, <laughs> but we really set it up like I, I was pushing. I, I own my own brands and wanting to acquire my own brands. And part of my long term goal is to, you know, just acquire more businesses like a lot of Amazon agencies are doing. Yes. And I wanted to be able to yeah. keep control of my own inventory and, you know, be able to, to prep it for Amazon, be able to include inserts, maybe create kits variety yep. packs and be able to do it like at the drop of a hat without needing to get a 3PL on board that's like massive size, you know, and um, mm -hmm. we have a brand right now. Uh, so I, I launched that brand, we have about eight or nine businesses right now that we're, we're managing everything for them, including like right. the EDI connections like Chewy.com and Home Depot and you yep. know, some of those that are um, a little bit more complex, you know, like you're talking about with the cross channel. Um, so it's been fun for me personally to set that software stack up. Um, you know, they came to me with a $15,000 price tag to set up our warehouse management system. And I said, eh, I'm going to get my hands dirty and do this myself. Sure. Just, uh, it's been a long time since I've been in school to do some of that stuff. But, um, I really wanted to be lean when I launched the warehouse over a year ago. And so I got my hands dirty, but it's been fun kind of just learning the intricacies, um, you know, on the backside of a 3PL and most people don't get into that space. But what I deal with on the daily day on the day to day is like we have a brand and the pandemic has changed everything. Right. Of so, course. Totally. For example, to anyone listening, um, the people that did have the cut and clean Amazon FBA businesses got screwed during the pandemic. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, they got absolutely screwed. And like Marknology doesn't really work with Amazon only businesses like we. Right. We are looking for brands, brands that have a story. A lot of times, like if they're off Amazon efforts are strong, like we're going to have better success on Amazon anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. so and it's evolved, but we're very much like the brands we work with have maybe they've they've been a manufacturer forever. <clears throat> maybe they've been sure. brick and mortar forever. Um, that's more traditional who we deal with. So they understand like POs and fulfilling mm -hmm. like you know at the palette level but they don't understand like the direct consumer approach like labeling the products having them in a box putting them in sure. kits like um a lot of that education and um you know during the pandemic it was one one thing one strategy that marknology always pushes is we want to have a backup to fba right exactly. so exactly yes you've got fba <laughs> and then you've got your 3pl or your internal warehouse that <laughs> at any right. given time can ship product out to customers as well if FBA drops off. And when the pandemic hit and Amazon went to essential goods only, mm -hmm. um, those FBM businesses like exploded. And I was so grateful for all the brands that had made that move, that extra work of having double SKUs or setting up that 3PL, um, yeah. you know, to be able to do that. And now the moves are becoming, how do we get off the coast and into the Midwest or how yep. do we get like these, these multi, you know, warehouses where we can ship quicker to customers at a cheaper price. So without yep. getting too complex, like the issues we deal with on a, on a daily basis um, can really, really, really impact a business. Um, whether it's profit, do you know your profitability on your shipping? Like, you know, are right. you losing right. sales because your price too high or are you losing money because you're um, you know, you're not charging enough. Are you like, um, you know, losing out to competition based on your shipping times because you're only shipping from LA to the rest of the country. Like, you know, all of right. these things 
as much as like having a good product page on Amazon or having a good website matter, shipping and logistics is everything. Exactly. Exactly. No, and, and, you know, you mentioned like the multi-channel, the multi-fulfillment, the important things like how we kit and bundle your, your overall customer experience. It starts all the way up at your website, right? Right. And that's something that like with we, with what we do at Clarinity, we don't play with the websites. We know lots of important things about it and we'll say, cool, I'm going to let those web devs deal with that part. But we know the tie-in points where it says, okay, how do we turn it into a SKU? How do we characterize that SKU to say, is it just a kit or do you have some more advanced light manufacturing? You know, we have a few clients that do a little bit more than light manufacturing, but not Mm -hmm. the full on, you know, heavy stuff either. Um, That's, that's a lot of the type of clientele that we work with. And, and then, like you said, you got to get all that prepped. You should have a strategy that involves that you can push that lever around. Do you want to be more Shopify? Do you want to be more Amazon? Well, like you said, the the pandemic proves a point. You've got to be able to push that lever one way or another, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure you have plenty of stories too, but what, I had a few important big clients that everyone's got a story mm-hmm. when they, when they come in and they're like, Hey Conrad, we really need to talk. I'm, I'm 90% Amazon and I really want to start pushing the lever on Shopify. I said, well, okay, but why? Tell me why, you know? And everyone has a story when they come in. I remember one of my clients, they, they did a betting product, okay? And, and so they would sell it FBA and, and Amazon would let that product go out and someone would try it for two days or whatever and then ship it back. Well, Amazon checked in one of their products and someone literally like left human feces in the package. Oh Amazon checked it back into their own stock and said it was good to go and then resold that same unit for that seller or whatever yeah and then and then blamed my client the seller for their own poor qa practices you know and it's it's like really horrendous stories like that or losing sixty thousand units of something on inbound shipping it's like these are huge huge stories but it doesn't have to be that big either for you to like feel that emotional safety of do i have control of my business you know no I agree. And like another, you know, we talked about like those refunds and like, you know, those missing units on the inbound. Like we just had a big issue in Canada. Canada's logistics went to absolute shit over the holidays. Like, you know, they shut everything down. Like their mail service was shut down. Amazon or Canada Post or uh, it was just so delayed, you know, with everything going on. Um, And that was a struggle. A lot of my brands do very well in Canada. It was a big part of their income. Mm And um, we had shipments going missing. We had, you know, it, Amazon's a company unlike, I mean, it's just like everything else, I guess. It's like, sure, it has a lot of size, um, but you don't go on one date with a girl and it go bad and then you just cut off dating forever, right? Like, right. I mean, you can, right. but that's like, that's silly, right? <laughs> so it's like, you can have that bad experience. It's really about, you know, it's like not taking it personal. You're like, hey, she didn't show up. She ghosted me. I know it's on her. It's not on me. Sure. I'm going to try again. Right. And I like, I'm making some jokes here, but it's like, I, when people are like, they have one issue happen and they're like, Oh my God, like I'm out. That doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. It's really more so you don't know how to handle it, you know? So like refunds, refunds management, for example, um, you know, we're, we're everything Amazon, but I don't have time to get on the horn with Amazon or like call up these trucking companies or like, you know, so Mm -hmm. I use a partner called Gatita, right? So Gatita plugs into people's accounts. They charge you nothing. 
they get, you know, if they get a thousand dollars in a refund because some, some items went sure. missing, they take a percentage of that and the seller gets the rest. And so for some sellers, go. like I've had it be 20, $30,000 that they end up finding across like lots of shipments over a year if they first engage. Right. And it's like, look, right. you don't even have to blink. You can have somebody helping you manage that and reconcile that or like find an accounting team that can understand like, you know, how to do these things, how to really track your inventory. Um, right. You know, it's just a lot of learning. And, um, you know, I think one of the hardest things for, for me is getting that first learning passed along to a brand that's always done like they've like warehoused themselves. It goes out, <laughs> they get a PO, which means they've been paid for the items immediately, you know, and then mm -hmm. that's their that's their way of understanding it. And then when you whenever you're doing a 3PL or Amazon, for example, you still own the inventory, right? Exactly. It's just in multiple places. Um, and it's not actually like closed out until it's been sold yes. and that mindset change from the way they've done business can be like really hard to grasp, like, you know, through emails and virtual and like getting a brand <laughs> on board with this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's a good one. So, so like in our process, we, we go through this, this four-step process. Again, a step one is this kind of like discovery where we really sit down with the clients and we really understand what are you guys about? Where are you at today? Where are you going to tomorrow? You know, and then and then in our step two, we do some guided demos where people can touch and feel some data in their data live in a system. Okay. And and see this. But you know, eventually, like you said, all that comes to this training element. But like in in our step three, in our in our implementation training models, that's where we will take clients through all those things, whether it's purchase orders. And you're, you've, you've done them one way before, and now here's how you do it in the new system. Or maybe you've never done a purchase order at all. Let's learn how to do it right the first time. Right. You know, I think well, I, yeah. I was going to say one of the things that I've realized is there's like the accounting person in the company that's rarely on these marketing calls. Sure. <laughs> it's like, we're not just marketing. We're, we're doing right. logistics. We're doing strategy. We're doing right. advertising. We're doing marketing. We're doing, you know, product catalog when you're doing Amazon or web. Yeah. You're doing a whole lot, um, but it's really the accountant that needs to be like learning some of those things. And then the bookkeeper, the accountant's rarely on those calls. So it's like you're right. talking through proxy, um, right. which can be really difficult. Well, and, and, and like you were saying, it, it relates to your purchasers or your transfer orders, which go to Amazon, you know, that, that when we talk through what are you doing there, there are some apps out there that just they just clone whatever you have out of Amazon. And they say, hey, you sent them 100 units. We will say you have 100 units in transit. That's fine, but that doesn't do the business control things. Mm -hmm. the, the reconciliation of the, yeah, but I sent 120 units. <laughs> and then you receive 98 units, you know? I, like we, we as good business owners, like that's the kind of thing that we really train them towards, you know, and, and say, hey, this is how the big guys do it. They take the time to not get, I call it the death by a thousand cuts. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just losing product a little bit everywhere and you don't know where any of it is, it's things like this. Did you yeah. receive all the PO? Did you, did everything on the transfer order actually make it to Amazon? Ultimately it's your inventory. The onus is on you, but that doesn't mean it, it has to be hard. It doesn't mean you have to do it alone. <laughs> you know, you can, you can bring in a partner like you mentioned. You know? Yeah. I think, I think one thing I'll say, just like giving a tip to anyone listening is it's really about taking ownership in my opinion uh, of, of the problem. Like it is big, it's complex, but like mm -hmm. if you are using a 3PL and that 3PL is refusing to like 
go buy the Bible of Amazon, so to speak, like without going like they're not labeling it exactly correctly. They're trying to like save some money by palletizing it this way. Or maybe it's like the same. They're not following this, like the terms of service down to a T. Mm -hmm. Then when it gets to Amazon, maybe it's a little bit sloppy. You know, they're taking in thousands and millions and millions of product, you know, probably on a weekly basis. You have to understand it's like robots over there in regards to the way everything works. And if you're making it where they have to custom like custom do something for you to understand your product, you're setting yourself up to, to, for mistakes. So then you're frustrated that Amazon didn't check everything in or it's taking a long time or like they didn't get the right number of SKUs. Um, instead of being like, what can we do on our end to get this like as tidy as possible, like completely leaned up, like having a 3PL that knows what they're doing or your inventory is so locked in that it's like, you know, it's precise. Um, I think there's a whole lot that the brands can do on their end, um, knowing that Amazon's a rigid system. You have to understand that, mm -hmm. accept it, and then take ownership and be like, okay, how can we make this dummy proof, so to speak, that we're not having all of those issues? And um, it can be overwhelming, you know, but I think that you're, you're, like you said, like death by a thousand cuts. That's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, say that this is sold as a set so they don't open it up and scan the individual UPCs. Exactly. You know, like yes. put the right stickers on it, take the time to do it right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it can save you like it can save you thousands of dollars in the long run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, let's let's time for a reminder that you can get up to 750K in working capital of Payoneer's Capital Advance. Attractive fixed fees and flexible settlement plans ensure that you'll always have the funds to handle your daily operating expenses. Apply now at payoneer.com backslash funding and enjoy a 10% fee rebate on your first capital advance. Um, I did a special on, um, you know, launching products on Amazon and Payoneer's University. They have a free university there. Um, you know, they're a good partner of Marknology as well as Startup Hustle. Um, so get in there, enjoy some of their free resources. Like there's, there's a lot of good um, you know, resources in there from shipping to importing to, you know, um, selling on Amazon. So once again, a plug for our sponsor for today's show, payoneer.com backslash funding to, to, to enroll. Um, Conrad, yeah. so, you know, let's talk, let's just break it down just a little bit for someone that's maybe never been in, um, you know, direct to consumer sales and they're making that move. Yeah. Maybe they're doing it right now, just ad hoc. Um, you know, what's some kind of first steps outside of just contacting you and saying, help me, you know, take this home. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> what, you know, what are, what are some things people need to think about in the early days as they're getting their products ready, um, you know, for direct consumer? Yeah, well, that's actually a really unique and important case to talk about, right? That, that we've seen a lot of different variations from the, Hey, I started in my garage and I just went straight to direct to consumer to like what you're talking about here. If you've been selling wholesale for a long time, your tech stack might need to change pretty dramatically, right? And yep. and and when we think about it at Clarinity, I'm thinking in a couple of different bubbles. There's there's always that marketing side. What are you doing with the site? How's your customer experience different? You know, we know you've got to be on point if you're going direct to consumer. It's got to be speedy checkout. It's got to be smooth. People have to be able to find your darn products and check out because this is not the same relationship as our other B2B stuff. Everyone's okay with a little less efficiency because we're getting product and we're moving it in bulk if we're wholesalers. And we see this all the time when clients come to me and they say, hey, man, you know, I got some B2C and some B2B action in my business. And we talk about ratios and what are you trying to do and what's the goal? 
but we see it all the time. It's like their direct to consumer Shopify is oh gorgeous, all the bells and whistles. And they're like, yeah. And then I got my other little thing over here for wholesale. wholesale. You know, it's like we got a login screen and and some products, and that's it. You know, it's like there might be six products, but their B two C side might have. 600 products right you know, and so so it's just a very different game we have to think about our products differently like like you were mentioning packaging okay if it if we're selling it as a kit for our b2c side you should be packaging it like a kit mm-hmm. you know take the time and invest in that customer experience people want to open a box and be like that's a damn good looking product yep. <laughs> you know on our b2c side on our b2b side we don't care about this stuff it, it like we have different units of measurement. We have different grouping mechanism. You can stick it on a pallet when it's going on a truck and you're sending 10,000 units across country. That's okay. It can be ugly. We just need to get it there in one piece. You know, one thing, yeah, I was going to say, sorry, just jumping in. Like one thing I really noticed about the difference was when people are creating products for Amazon, just for Amazon, it feels like they don't understand the retail shelf aspect Mm -hmm. of it like their packaging or like would this look good sitting on a store in a retail store and i think that people are like well i can save money just putting it in a round box and like you know shipping it to consumers but think about it like when you're in the mall and you're you know you're walking around with the big nordstrom bag or whatever the case might be (laughs) and it's like it's branding it's experience you know people want to show off what they've got and we have social media now Right. And I'm not saying everyone like opens something and takes a pic of it. Um, but, you know, like those open box YouTube sites are huge where people are just exactly. like buying things and opening them up. <laughs> What's the experience like? And that is actually like happening in the warehouse and logistics. Sure. The planning, too. But like your warehouse brings that together. It's like the first part and the yep. last part, in my opinion. A lot of times it can be that before it gets there, then it's there. And then it's like, you know, their experience when they. And, and not enough people are thinking about that. And I see it as a big opportunity if there's any like, you know, private label people listening in or, um, yes. you know, like that cost, that cost savings versus like the branding effect you have when people open that and are just like, you know, they're excited to get that. Um, it's huge. And you can't really put a value, like an exact value on that experience, but um, it's what leads to good reviews. You know, yeah. like people are like, hey, how come I'm not getting any reviews? I'm like, well, you're... <laughs> You know, yes. uh, like I'm like, there's nothing really exciting about receiving this, you know, right. and it's just like, you're like, I'm just getting a thing I paid and it's, an, you know, versus like, yeah, I got my iPhone, you know, and you're opening yeah. that up like that's a perfect <laughs> example. But like Apple brought that, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I yeah, was no. that shopping bag example. But you're right. And, and, and I, I think you hit on another important point there, which is that like that customer experience. Yeah, sure. It starts on the website, but it really ends in the warehouse, right? Your warehouse guys have to know where they're going, whether they're 3PL guys or whether it's your own warehouse, right? Yep. That that experience, the way product is handled, the way it's packed, the way it's shipped, all of that does matter. If you own the warehouse, you got to have good picking, packing and shipping and if you're really smart, you're doing a pickup routine too, where you're you're making sure every product actually leaves the warehouse. That's a technology requirement when we talk about the tech stack. Mm-hmm. Even if that's even if you don't have your own warehouse, even if you're going to the 3PLs, your 3PL partner has to understand your whole customer experience, has to understand your inserts, how you package. They've got to be able to handle that. And you you as a business owner 
need to be able to communicate those requirements too. Sometimes we don't know these things yet and that's okay, but we got to work through them and Correct. close the loop. You know? Yep. And that's part of the reason I started my warehouse was just like nine years of dealing with different yeah. 3PLs around the country. <laughs> I've dealt with some right. that are digitally first, some that like have right. no idea how to connect to an Amazon API. Uh, yeah. Some of them that won't prioritize Amazon orders. And I'm happy to get on the phone and be like, you guys don't understand. Um, you know, you can be yeah. costing this brand hundreds of thousands of dollars by shipping yep. their products late. We have, you know, a big brand that's moved their stuff to the Midwest. Um, you know, we're on pace to do 18 million on Amazon this year, or nice. at least across e-commerce. Um, sure. And sure. we're actually running everything for them. So web, social, um, Amazon. Thank you. Um, yeah. we're, we're exploding, but we're dealing with issues too, right? Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, they're having a really big issue right now where products are being shipped from the new 3PL, but the 3PL mm -hmm. software stack um, is not getting the, that tracking information and the confirmations to Amazon. And um, yeah, the feedback from that, you know, the blowback from that can be like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars if we get suspended, if our like shipping yes. privileges get get knocked or dinged. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. if you're with a warehouse partner that doesn't understand the severity of the situation, um, you know, to put all hands on deck to make sure those get done or maybe something breaks and they need to upload manually. If they're yep. in on it, if they understand like a website can just wait. Right. That's the difference. That's why Amazon got buyer trust is because websites could take a week to send you the product. It could take two weeks. The only thing you're going to do is go in and cancel your order. Maybe right on Amazon right. custom, like Amazon got customers excited and ready to receive a product in two days. And so yep. because of those standards, because that's why they have customers on Amazon, Amazon will smack you across the face if you're a seller and you're not hitting those metrics. Right. Um, so if you don't have a 3PL that understands that and is buying in and understands like what your concerns are, they should like, when you're picking a partner in that space, whether it's like the software stack to help there, or it's like the actual people and the culture at that warehouse, mm -hmm. um, you need to be asking them if they understand the process that they've worked with brands on Amazon, because it's a different game. Totally. Totally. Different standards. It totally sure. is. Well, and, and, you know, Amazon especially kind of ties into that last point, though, that if we're moving into B2C and you're moving to Amazon, as an example, all of a sudden there's one other big requirement that changes dramatically for wholesalers, which is actually accounting. Mm -hmm. okay? When we're when we're wholesalers, everything is just AR. You know, we can work with the with our consumers because they're another business. They understand business. We can we can structure these deals in some way that we can say, hey, maybe we can do a once a month settlement. Maybe we can give you some leniency on these things, whatever. But the moment that we start to move away from that AR model, or now we have AR and huge payment processor stuff that we got to deal with, the all of the uh, accounting requirements dramatically change. We have to have a tech stack that can help us reconcile 10, 20, 30 different batches of uh, of payment processor payouts, you know, if depending on how complex our our payment strategy is. Right. And then if we still have that mix of B2B, now all of a sudden we need a tech stack that can still do payment processor reconciliation stuff, still figure out our cogs, which is its own problem. And then, oh, by the way, still do an AR practice that still makes some sort of sense, you know? And now, now we have literally every switch that needs to be flipped for a business and in a tech stack. Now our accountants need to have two or three or four different primary modes of working through our 
through our data, you know? So, so really it's, to me, it's those big things. It's accounting, it's operations, and then it's marketing. All three of those big pieces are going to be pretty different if we've only been B2B and if we moved into a B2C model, you know? Clarinity, so. you need it. You need it. <laughs> like, you know, sure. I don't usually like push it, but like, you know, it's an absolute must. Like, um, you know, and if you have a culture within a company, like let's say the owner is like, we need to be on Amazon, but the rest of the team isn't bought in, like let's say the accounting, okay? Right. Or like you've got right. some people resistant to change in there. Um, they can make it really, really hard for you because it is difficult. Like, you know, yes. it's difficult, the learning curve. Like, you know, once you're in there, the difference in your line items might go from, you know, a hundred a month to a thousand or 2000 or 5,000 lines, yes. you know, um, because of the individual transactions and I'm speaking outside my range, fair with, <laughs> sure. with me, but like, you know, even getting transaction lists from Amazon for brands that are like, Hey, my account needs to see these and the difference mm -hmm. in, you know, one order to one, to one company, one big customer versus like thousand to individual customers is just a huge difference um mm -hmm. you're getting paid right away in some instances at least on amazon it's a two-week cadence on shopify it can be daily or you know every 48 mm -hmm. hours and then in wholesale arrangements it can be you know all the way up to net 90 or longer like you know you've right. got all these different things going on like you were saying um and if you're a new business owner or you're new into this space at least mm -hmm. um it can be extremely overwhelming you, definitely. And, and, and I think that volume of data is an important question, right? Mm -hmm. I, I know that most of the business owners that I've seen meet real success and, and simplify some of these things, find really important apps. Like one of those that I talk about all the time is called A2X. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of them, but sure. they, yeah. So, so they help you solve some of that Amazon report reconciliation in a beautiful summarized methodology you get it all right there to your to your QuickBooks or your Zero install, you know. And and now they're tackling other problems like Shopify, like Walmart, and some of the other ones. And I don't know if they're doing Walmart, but I just threw that one out. But but they have expanded to some of the other apps, you know, like Shopify. And that's that's a really tough thing for the accountants to do. And I love my accountants, but accountants never never say, "Dude, this hurts" or "This sucks." They're just used to dealing with volumes and volumes of data. And the more you can help those guys, the more they can start to do that really smart human thing like you talked about. Say, dude, I'm done with the data. Can I help you understand why this data means something? Mm -hmm. How we can, you know, Turn this change into money. some levers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's part of why we really like these, these companies that can go Amazon and Shopify, right? Because Sometimes you do want to be heavy Amazon, depending on your product, depending on your exposure. Sometimes you're going to be 50-50 and say, wait, we get better margins on Shopify. I know that because my accountants can do their job. Okay. Well, better margins are good for everyone. Maybe it makes sense to start moving that needle where you're a little bit more Shopify. You don't know that kind of stuff until you start to get all the tech stack ironed out figure out your processes and get people doing smart people things instead of dumb data management stuff. You know? Conrad, that's great. And, <laughs> and to piggyback on that, the one thing I would say is when you finally get that visibility because you're doing it right, that's mm -hmm. where you can adjust, let's say on the Amazon side exactly. and you go from selling singles to three packs or you start going from three packs to six packs. You yep. start figuring out, hey, how can I be just as profitable on this platform now that I understand where my dollars are going and what makes sense? And it comes all the way back to the warehouse. It comes back Love to inventory it. management. 
to be like, how can we make this box smaller? How can we get more? You know, Amazon has all these kickbacks for, you know, functional packaging um, or, uh, you know, like real concise, no waste kind of thing. Um, Amazon has mm -hmm. kickbacks or Amazon has FBA small and light. And it's like you don't know those things until you're into the minute details, um, yeah. but it can result in big, big wins. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, this, uh, you know, to our listeners, like this behind the scenes stuff is really like why I love this show. And why I love the podcast. It's like, um, you know, really talking about this is like, this is what it takes to, you know, make moves in this space to, to create innovation within your company. And, um, you know, we have a show uh, called Startup Hustle TV um, now where we're like, we've got a bunch of different founders that are just like taking time to talk about these things, just like really, really raw for all of our listeners. Like if you haven't head over to YouTube, search for Startup Hustle. You can watch myself, fellow fellow founder members, share the story of what it takes to start and grow businesses, including inventory, including Amazon, including hiring and firing, including software stacks, picking them, knowing what to choose. Um, Startup Hustle TV on YouTube. I think you guys will really like it. As we wrap up, Conrad, I would, yeah. like, where can people find you? Um, sure. How can people get in contact with you? Like if they're looking to find a partner like Herenity um, sure. to help them get this stuff figured out? Yeah, well, we got the website, clearrenity.com. You know, always a work in progress. We all know how that goes. Um, but, uh, you know, other things are like, uh, hey, find a good accounting partner. We we know a good handful of them. I wouldn't be surprised if your accounting partner knows somebody who knows somebody who who knows our name at this yeah. point. So um, just like anything, you can you can find e-commerce only accountants. That's a thing now. Or 3PLs. Like, on the show, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so um, those are probably the best places we are on LinkedIn as well. Okay. Uh, but, but we, we kind of keep a small footprint because we're busy solving problems all day, you know? So we're, we're here to bring that expertise out. We want to talk about it on shows just like this, but we got great clients and they got big problems. So I love it. Them, You're there you know? to solve them. No, I love yeah. that. Conrad, that's awesome. Um, thanks for being on the show. I think yeah, we could talk all you. day about Yeah. <laughs> logistics and inventory and you know i'm yeah. glad that it's not my job 24 7 um you sure. know but it's about having good partners that understand this and understand that you know a penny saved is a dollar earned you know or whatever is that how that cliche sounds? Yeah, i'll goes. take it yeah All i'll right. take it uh, dollar <laughs> saved is dollar earned or whatever but the point is is like if you're saving it in logistics or you're figuring it out in inventory reconciliation or you're figuring it out in like um you know people complain about giving away 20 products to an influencer and we're losing 20 products on the inbound and they don't link, yeah. you know? And so it's just really <laughs> understanding your business, um, you know, makes everything hum, makes everything work together. Yeah. Love it. Love awesome. it. Thank you. No problem. Before we wrap up, I want to tell you one more time about the instant 750,000 in working capital that you can get. Pioneer's capital advance program is based on your store's earnings. So there are no credit checks, just funds and growth. Visit pioneer.com backslash funding to Pioneer and grab your exclusive fee rebate. Conrad, uh, I have a feeling we'll be working together soon. Um, you know, I have a few brands that I think could really use you guys um, sure. that, that are probably at that million dollar mark plus that really just need like that extra help to scale and get cleaned up. And, you know, you have to grow a little bit before you're starting to care about these things in some ways. Definitely. We were just like, okay, we've got this covered. Like what's next? Um, and yep. usually that's like these problems start rearing their ugly heads. Like when you start scaling and when you start growing is when it really starts getting nasty. So, yeah. um, I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing me back. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. See you later hustlers. Cool. We'll see you next time. Thanks guys. 
Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.